Blog Talk Radio. Check. 
record 56,647,000 women not working. Yeah, there's your war on women for you. Jobs up only for immigrants, down 262,000 for native borns. Another headline, payrolls disaster. Fed never going to raise rates. It's ugly. Flashback, it's going to be great. So what's up with the Fed? I guess they're going to have 0% interest for the people in the know. And, well, everyone else, they get charged lots of interest for all this free money the banksters are getting from the Federal Reserve. The privately owned Federal Reserve, I might add, the one brought in by Woodrow Wilson. Well, here's a nice headline. Jib polling at 4%. Yeah. How are they going to pull off a miracle? You know, the establishment wants it to be a Jeb Bush versus Hillary Clinton race at the end. And then it's a win-win situation. No matter who wins, the globalists win. But I think they prefer a Hillary victory than Jeb being younger. or He can come in later and go back to Jeb. Then maybe it would be Chelsea Clinton's turn. Then maybe one of the Bush daughters. Yeah, see, it's the Bush-Clinton dynasty. There is no difference there. It's all one merger, one royal family. And it looks like public opinion has stopped it for the moment unless they pull something off. Not just Bush. Here we go. Hillary Hell. Donors defect to Biden. You think they'll do that? Firefighters Union backs away from endorsement. And there was another one the other day where the Teamsters Union did not give their automatic endorsement for Hillary. They want to talk to the Donald first. So it would be kind of earth-shaking if they went with a non-Democrat for their presidential endorsement. And then Obama slap. Difference between running for president and being president. When Clinton paid $9,000 for help with her campaign playlist. Oh, yes. Scanning down the headlines here. Five-year-old snatched from nursery and beheaded in sadistic witchcraft ritual. wonder what country that was. I think that was Pakistan. Means extreme flatulence prompted firing from New Jersey firm. New weapons will alter human DNA, cause genetic mutations. Yeah, that's probably something that DARPA's up to, along with biowarfare. You heard the latest? DARPA, Defense Advanced Project Research Administration. They're the folks that actually invented the Internet, not Al Gore. They've come up with a few useful things, but now they're talking about brain implants. They're looking to build cyborgs, the ultimate soldier, where you have a chip in their brain that tells them to go and kill, just like there's been experiments putting chips in cockroaches and driving them by remote control, using them as remote control robots to just sneak through nooks and crannies like roaches do and maybe carry hidden cameras or microphones and spy. That's been tried. That's been researched. It may actually be in use now. So you see there's all kinds of things going on. Then self-driving truck hits highways. I wonder what else it's going to hit. 
You see, automation, like automatic pilots and airplanes, works just fine as long as nothing goes wrong. But when something goes wrong or something happens that has not been pre-programmed, well, things get a little nuts. Bad things happen. That's why you always have to have the human in control to take over just in case, which is why when Washington set up its metro system many years ago, the trains would run automatically, but they still had a real person on the train just in case. Just in case maybe someone was on the track, just in case something went wrong with the automation. There was someone to take control. But now, here's another one. Driverless taxi experiment to start in Japan. Yep, they want to get humans completely out of the equation. That's what conspiracy theorists say. And then they want to depopulate the planet. That's what the conspiracy theorists say, but maybe it's more than a conspiracy theory. But never mind, that's not the topic of this show. So let's get on with it. I hope everyone who's going to listen has been tuned in now. So we'll talk about this Volkswagen thing. It seems that Volkswagen has been promoting clean diesel. I say clean diesel is an oxymoron, meaning a contradiction in terms. It's two things that can't exist together, two things that don't mix like oil and water. In a sense of humor, people say that jumbo shrimp is an oxymoron. But as far as diesels go, I know they stink. You see this ugly black exhaust pouring out of some of them. Others, you don't see anything, but you can still smell it. I've been training periodically to do half marathons, and I can tell you, there's nothing more noxious when you're running around traffic than the stench of diesel exhaust. But Volkswagen had the problem licked, so to speak. They're promoting environmentally friendly, clean diesels. They passed the pollution test. Everything's fine and dandy. But guess what? The software that runs the engine was rigged. It was rigged to detect when it was under pollution test mode. And when it was being pollution tested, it would switch on all the pollution controls, do what it was supposed to, and everything would be fine. When it was just run out on the street, well, it would just run dirty. Now, why did they do that? They'd have no reason to do that if they could actually make a clean diesel. It seems to me, logic would have it, that when you turn on the pollution controls, bad things happen. Maybe bad performance, maybe bad fuel economy, maybe deterioration of the pollution control devices. Anyhow, something bad happens that makes it unsustainable to always run in a clean mode. So they decided they would work around the problem. And they've detected, I think they were running the diesel trucks and cars on a dynamometer, which is like a treadmill for vehicles rather than actually driving it out on the road. And the way they discovered this is that someone decided, let's hook up 
an analyzer and test it while it's being driven under actual conditions. And shazam, things don't match up. So what do you think they do? They go and they look for why they have this discrepancy, and eventually it's discovered. Now, this is a huge risk because if this thing gets discovered, think of the damage, and think of the damage that's being done now. You have hordes of angry car owners swearing they'll never buy a Volkswagen again. You've got all the recalls because they're going to be forced to do recalls, and they can be forced to pay a huge fine for each vehicle they put out on the road fraudulently. I think the fine can even be more than the actual purchase cost of that vehicle. So they're going to take a huge financial hit. And if you ask me, this is a criminal conspiracy. There's just no way that this could go down without a massive conspiracy within the company. Now, why would a programmer go and do this without being ordered? And why would someone in engineering know that this is going on unless they were ordered from higher up? You do this or you're fired. That sort of thing. So we've got what I'd call a RICO violation, racketeering. That's what it is. Now, I don't know if these people in Volkswagen being a foreign company might be outside the range of U.S. prosecution, but there ought to be a prosecutor investigating this. The Department of Justice ought to be looking into who they can prosecute and charge criminally, as well as hitting them with this huge financial thing. Now, what makes diesel engines attractive? Well, they're more efficient. They get more miles per gallon. But there's also other things going on, like it's been said that diesels, being more fuel efficient, have fewer carbon dioxide emissions, and we know that they say carbon dioxide is an evil pollutant, even though it's necessary for life. Now, let's make the difference between particulate pollution and CO2. Diesels put out lots of particulates. That's also carbon pollution, but that's bad carbon pollution. It's like soot, which is carbon mixed with all kinds of carcinogenic, carcinogenic compounds. Excuse me, I even have trouble spitting out that word tonight, but trust me, it's bad, particulates. That's that nasty black smoke you see. And the thing about these particulates is they are solids. They aren't gases, so they don't disperse. You inhale them, and then they lodge in your lungs permanently, and then they eat away and give you lung cancer or black lung and all kinds of other nasty things. That's why particulates are bad. And that's why rolling coal is bad. There's a picture of a truck doing what they call rolling coal on the show page in the slideshow. And what that means is that these antisocial people, these antisocial rednecks, modify the pollution controls on their trucks so they run dirty, spewing out all kinds of black smoke, and at the same time, it's engine damaging, but they don't care if they damage their engine as long as they're being antisocial and making a statement and getting lots of attention. So what they do is generally 
they have some way to fool the sensors that give the computer information about how the engine is operating so the computer doesn't function properly. Because it's all the computer knows is what its sensors tell it. Garbage in, garbage out, as they say. The sensors give bad info. The computer maybe throws in lots of extra fuel to compensate for a condition that doesn't exist, and then you get black smoke. Of course, it's illegal, and maybe there ought to be a crackdown on that, too, just like people who take their mufflers off to make lots of noise. Pulling coal is an antisocial behavior, and Volkswagen putting out all this crud with their so-called clean diesels is an antisocial behavior as well. So let's see what happens to them, whether they manage to pay off the politicians and the bureaucrats and skate away from this scot-free or whether they really get hammered like they ought to be because I would really be pissed off if I bought one of these things and suddenly found that I'm faced with a dilemma. Do I sell it? Can I sell it? How much of a hit does the price take? I'm going to get a recall notice. Do I get the recall to fix the pollution problem? Do I take do I take it in for the recall and then take the performance hit that's coming with it? And we don't even know what performance hit's going to be. Will it be fuel economy? Will it be power? We don't know yet. And they got away with this for years, maybe since 2009. Now, let's see. Why did they get away with this? That goes back to this thing called the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. If people could actually go in and look at the software and see how it works, it would have been discovered. But no, they had some kind of rudimentary protection against accessing it. And the way the law reads, it doesn't matter how easy it is to defeat the copy protection. It doesn't matter whether it's trivial or sophisticated. If you violate the protection and thereby access and look at the software, you have violated the law and you are maybe, what do you call it, a felon? I think it's a felony. Just like a DVD. The copy protection on DVDs is trivial. Anyone can break it. The software to break that copy protection is all over the Internet. But just because it's there, that's all it is. It's like a tripwire to say you defeated it, you broke the law. So you can't do that. And why would anyone do it then? There's no incentive. Hackers don't care, but... They're in it for the money. And what money is there in it? reverse engineering the Volkswagen control software? Except maybe for the Chinese who want to copy it. But then why would they spill the beans? They'd probably go ahead and say, hey, this is a cool thing. We'll do it too. So that's what's going on with Volkswagen. It is a bad thing. And time will tell. Now, back to Hillary Clinton again. Like we said, her poll numbers are plummeting. There's going to be a panic. What's her opposition now? Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is a Marxist. He's intriguing. He's interesting. But believe me, there's no way he could get elected. He's just 
way out of the mainstream. Why would Hillary get elected? I don't know. I hadn't figured out why people would vote for a known criminal. Apparently, some people just don't care. It's like people admire criminals who get away with breaking the law, just like Al Capone and some of these mobsters. They had a big fan club. Lots of these criminals who get put away in jail, they are, I'm referring to men in jail, have these women come chasing after them, even marrying them in prison, because for some reason they admire criminals. I could never see it, but maybe that's the way a lot of women think. They admire the bad boys. I saw that in high school. The girls that admired the bad boy types, even though they were like complete opposite. Don't see it, but someone can explain it to me. I'd like to hear it. Now, once again, let me get the right call in number 877-878-1431 or 310-807-5158. I'm having trouble with that tonight, but moving on. People still don't understand the implications of the server. The view was turned on the TV. I don't turn on the view, but let's just say I was in a room where someone else was watching the view, and they were talking about Hillary, how clever she was because she got an email labeled traffic ticket, and she didn't click on it and open the attachment because the attachment was what they claimed an attack on their server by the Russians. Well, sorry to disillusion you, but that's just an ordinary phishing attack that everyone gets every day. You might not have got that particular one, but there's always ones that come in that say something's wrong with your account, or someone's tried to access your account, please log in to verify your information, and it directs you to a fake website that asks you for your personal information, like maybe your user ID and password to a well-known banking site, and then they have it. And that's what's going on there. I don't know whether that attachment would actually directly attack her server, or her computer, rather, and or whether it would just direct her to a fake website to steal her password when she thinks she's logging in. Well, here's the deal. That's what you call a client-side attack. Let me explain the difference between a client and a server. Because you have the client-server model, or you have peer-to-peer. And peer-to-peer is where all computers in the hookup are equal, like Skype, where they're talking directly to each other, usually without an intervening server, versus a web page where your browser is the client and the computer that hosts the web page that the browser is looking at is the server. So the client-side attack would try to get into your information by, say, a bank account by stealing your password and then just logging in just normally, whereas a server attack would be to try to bust into the computer where all the data and the banking account information is stored and grab all of it, grab it by the millions of accounts in some cases. So they're confusing an attack 
on a client computer with an attack on the server. And of course, if she, even if she clicks on it, if she's got good antivirus protection, it's going to say it's a malicious website. Do you want to go there? So the server, that's another thing. Remember, G. Gordon Liddy, back when he had his radio show, he put hacking real simple. The G. Gordon Liddy simplified hacking strategy, which should be understandable to non-technical people, is number one, you get access to the computer you're going to attack. You get access to the server any way you can, like an email login. Once you're on the server, you exploit some vulnerability to gain root access. Root access means you're like God. You can go anywhere on that computer, do anything with it. Step three is once you root, you modify or delete the log files. The log files keep a record of what's going on in the machine, who's been there and when and who's done what. So once you hit those log files, which anyone who's not a rank amateur would do, then all the evidence of what's happened in there is gone. And that's why there'd be no evidence if someone broke into that server. Step four, you install a backdoor so you can come back and hit it again and again without going to all that trouble. So once the log files have been modified, you don't know. So I think it's safe to assume that a server in someone's bathroom or someone's barn, this thing got moved around a few times, is not going to be safe from sophisticated attacks from, say, the Chinese, Russians, Israel's, Chinese, North Koreans, anyone, any foreign intelligence service at all is going to get in there and grab everything off of that server, and it's not going to be detectable or noticed. And I think it's safe to say they've done it. Probably even our own NSA and CIA have done it as well. And they're not going to talk. They've got their own inner rivalries going. Information is power, and they're not going to share anything they've got with anyone if they don't have to share it. So maybe the NSA was in there too. Maybe you just call the NSA and ask them, hey, what was on Hillary's server at any given time? And they'll tell you. So that's why their server was a risk. It's been hacked. I guarantee you it's been hacked. I mean, even the big boys can't keep their servers safe. How many times do you hear of stores, banks getting hit wholesale, millions of accounts? Down to why does Hillary set up a private server? It's a very difficult job, even setting up a home web server, which is a whole lot easier than a mail server, has a lot of difficulties. If you get your computer, turn on your web server, if you've got a web server on your computer, it's not going anywhere. Your internet service provider is going to block it. Any residential internet service is not going to allow services going out onto the internet. So they will block all the ports that handle well-known services like say port 80 which is web service. In order to do what Hillary did 
she has to have, number one, a business Internet account, not a residential account. And she has to have a static IP address, not a dynamic address like just about everyone has. There's just so much work and complication involved that most businesses farm it out. They outsource it. If you're a small business, you'd probably outsource it to your Internet service provider. If you're a large business, a lot of large businesses, would you believe they don't even run their own data operations themselves? They use hosting services like Amazon. Amazon is huge. Amazon, besides running their own huge operation for things like movies and media and shopping, they also host services for many other businesses who have it running under their own name. You don't see Amazon crashing or going down on Black Friday or a peak usage day. It's not like Obamacare that couldn't handle the load. So they outsource a lot of things. So the re reason and the only reason that someone like Hillary Clinton would put this server in her house, in her basement, in her barn, in her shed, or whatever, and, or in her consultant's bathroom closet, is total control. You see, if an Internet service provider is running the operation, the feds can just go in there and drop a subpoena, and they can get anything they want. She wants to have it. So if someone comes up with a subpoena, they're not going to get anything. She's going to defy them. She's going to try to delete things. And she thought she deleted things, but she didn't. So now where does the FBI come into all this? It might seem they're going after Clinton, but they're really not. What the FBI is really concerned about is how did classified information escape its cage and get onto the internet it's not allowed on the internet classified internet classified operations if they're on paper each classified document has a cover sheet that has the classification printed in bold letters with all the caveats and everything and color coded you have like green blue red orange yellow so you can tell at a glance what its classification is. No doubt. It has to be labeled. It has to be marked. It's the same on a computer system. Everything is compartmented, meaning that only people who have cleared to that compartment can get at it. And it can't get onto the Internet because there's an air gap. There's just no network connection between the two systems. So how did this stuff jump the air gap and get into email on the Internet and then on the Hillary server. That's what they're looking into, because evidently someone has created or committed egregious security violations. I'm kind of thinking someone got a thumb drive and just loaded up the thumb drive with information and then carried the thumb drive from classified system to unclassified, which, of course, the security should block things like that, but maybe it's not perfect. Maybe someone was negligent. Maybe the security didn't block removable media like it should. 
so they were able to do it. The other thing is that once they did it, the security banners were stripped off. There's a security banner for the document, and each section that might have a, high, a lower classification than the banner is marked. So each section of the document is marked, the whole document is marked. And somehow that got stripped off. And I'm told that even the, they said in the press that even included imagery, like satellite imagery. I'm not talking about Google Earth quality satellite imagery. We don't know what kind of quality they got, but I guarantee it's a whole lot better than Google Earth. And they don't want people, especially the enemy, to know what those satellites are capable of. So you can only guess. So the FBI is going to follow the trail, find out who leaked this information, who sent it. And, of course, then we get into why. As anyone who's been cleared knows that they can't do that, I'm suspecting that Hillary ordered it. And when someone objected, they said, I'm the Secretary of State. I can do anything I want. It's not illegal if I tell you to do it, kind of like Nixon. If the president does it, it's it's legal. And that's what Hillary would say. If I do it, if I tell you to do it, then it's legal. So they're going to come down and start questioning these people. And they're going to say, well, you better start talking or you're going to be looking at maybe a violation of the Espionage Act and you might be going to the big house for a few years. So... At that point, Hillary is in deep trouble because they'll start pointing the finger. And what happens classically when Hillary is about to be in trouble or any of the Clintons? Well, someone turns up dead. Vince Foster turned up dead. Hillary ransacked his office. Who know what she took? Ron Brown turned up dead in a plane crash with a bullet hole in his head. Literally over a hundred of these Arkansas, as they're called, where people turn up dead who could have incriminated the Clintons. So that's why I'm referring to the Deadpool. There's a Clint Eastwood movie called The Deadpool where people were taking bets on what celebrity might turn up dead next due to some serial killer. And that's Makes me think there could be a dead pool of potential Hillary victims. Who's going to be next? Because I don't think anyone who knows anything incriminating is going to be allowed to spill their guts to the FBI. How are we doing on time? We have got a few minutes left. Now, I have noticed that the United States of America, right before our eyes, has been turned into a third-world country. Obama is burning down the house, so to speak. We're becoming like North Korea, and it's happening so gradually, you don't even know it.
Yeah, he's burning down the house, all right. I'll tell you what's happening here. Locally, you know, they've been shutting down coal plants all over the place. Well, they're shutting down some coal plants near where I live. Now, when these plants shut down, there's going to be a power deficit. And the area in question, what's called the peninsula, which is around the Williamsburg, Jamestown area of Virginia, Percocin, Hampton, all those places, it's called the peninsula, meaning it's somewhat isolated. And when this coal plant shuts down that supplies the area, there's going to be a power shortage. No two ways about it. So what's the power company going to do? And by the way, when a coal plant is shut down, they have to drill holes in the boiler to destroy it so it can't be mothballed and then fired up in cases of an emergency. Like say there's a nuclear incident and nuclear plants are shut down, then they might like to have the option of starting up some mothballed coal plants to make up the difference. Well, it's not going to happen because they are destroyed. So with that aside, getting back to the topic, to make up the difference, the power company, Dominion Power, wants to build a power transmission line to get power from the Surrey nuclear plant. And we all know how safe nuclear power is. Now, I've never heard of a coal plant melting down and making large areas uninhabitable for the next two billion years or so, like some of these nuclear plants, but... Never mind that they got this nuclear plant and they want to build a power line because they say they can't meet demand without it. And if you don't meet demand, power is not reliable. Power goes out like North Korea. And power lines just don't pop up overnight like mushrooms. They have to start building it pretty soon. So what happens? The environmentalists say, no, you can't build it, no power lines. Power lines are ugly, ugly, ugly. You know power lines are ugly, you can't build them. So they go to court start doing legal action. So now you can't have a coal plant, but you can't have a power line to bring in nuclear power. So what happens? Blackout. And it's been known that when there's insufficient reserves, there's been cascades and large-scale power outages on the East Coast, like New York City in that area, the whole, whole eastern seaboard, you get a cascade effect. One part gets overloaded and shuts down, and then that causes other things to get overloaded, and then you just have a cascading effect, and the whole thing collapses, and you have a massive blackout. Now, to stop that from happening, presumably the power company will have a controlled power outage and just start killing service to areas before the collapse happens. We don't want that. You can't live that way. You can't have any kind of business or industry if your power is not reliable. You can't have production lines if the power is going to go out on a regular basis, which results in some catastrophe, at least lost wasted products and maybe damage to equipment, loss of life, factories must have reliable power. Businesses need reliable power. So it's 
turning into North Korea. So what's going to happen? People don't want to live in that area. People start moving out. Oh, guess what? That's what they want. It's called Agenda 21. You in Agenda 21 where they make large areas of the land off limits to human habitation. So the way they do this, among other things, is they kill off energy supply, kill off electricity, kill off road access. They'll close exits and interchanges on the major roads so you can't get off the roads and into these off-limits areas. They'll start tearing up roads. And before you know it, they can't. you can't live there. The thing is off-limits. So... Let's call it UN Agenda 21. Meanwhile, there's no protection for one of the greatest threats to our civilization, which is an EMP attack. It'll either come in the form of a weapon. Oh, guess what? Yeah, Iran's going to have nuclear weapons soon. They aren't going to be able to build huge multi-megaton bombs that are going to blast whole cities into oblivion. But they will be able to build an EMP weapon, meaning electromagnetic pulse, and they may, after a bit, get a ballistic missile to put this EMP weapon into position to detonate above the United States. And at that point, all electronic devices cease to function. I'm sure it's, you can go to the survivalist blogs, survivalist websites, and listen to the survivalist programs on how to survive an EMP attack. And I'll tell you, the Amish are probably perfectly positioned to do so. But for us, no. But say the Iranians just don't get around to it or don't do it. Well, it can happen naturally. It's called a mass coronal ejection. It comes from the sun. And it has the same effect. It happened in the 1800s. It was called the Carrington event. At that time, the only electrical thing that was around was a telegraph. So it melted the telegraphs. Well, big deal. People could live without a telegraph until they can repair and replace and put the lines back and do whatever they need to do. So those telegraph lines acted like a massive antenna to pick this thing up and create a high-voltage surge to destroy equipment and melt the wires. So what do you do? The technology exists. I think they got something like giant vacuum tubes to protect the equipment, primarily the 450 kilovolt high-voltage transformers that provide and energize the high-voltage transmission lines. So in the grand scheme of things, the cost to implement is trivial. I mean, it's certainly less than building an aircraft carrier. But they won't do it. It's almost like they want us to be brought down. It's almost like they want 90% to die, and that's what would happen. No food, no electricity, no fuel, no nothing. People will resort to cannibalism very shortly. And I think it's estimated within six Don't quote me now, but off the top of my head, I think it was something horrific like in six months, 90% of the people would be dead. So unless you've got a big stash of food, 
and a lot of bullets to defend it, you're in trouble. So they're not doing anything about it. Meanwhile, they're doing pie in the sky, like talk about how to deflect asteroids, which may come along every million years or so, whereas these Carrington events maybe are every hundred years or so. And I've been noticing we've also looking like a third world country. Well, how? How about lack of keeping pace with the rest of the world? All the other countries have gone to the metric system. The United States is still with this archaic things, pounds, ounces, cups, feet, yards, miles, units of measures, like inches. Don't make any sense at all. Conversion and use is difficult. Rather than a system of measures that everything else, everyone else uses, the metric system, it's based on intervals, multiples of 10. So it's easy to use, and it's based on physical constants, so it's meaningful. At one time, they were apparently trying to make a conversion, having the weather given in Celsius and Fahrenheit, but it never stuck. Now we're just back to having the weather given in temperature Fahrenheit, which makes no sense at all. Celsius, zero is freezing point of water, 100 is the boiling point of water. See, physical constants. But the biggest thing is it makes it hard to deal and trade with the rest of the world. And that's what they want to do, shut us down. The other thing is IPv6, IP version 6, which is the next standard for the Internet. Because right now, the United States, unlike the rest of the world, is way behind converting to IPv6. So there's not enough IP addresses. An IP address is just like, say, a telephone number, each telephone has to have a telephone number. Each computer, each device, each cell phone has to have an IP address. And we've run out of IPv4 addresses, so the new standard will provide virtually an unlimited number of addresses, so we'll never run out again. It's virtually impossible to run out. And I won't get into the mathematics of it, but the number going from 32 bits to 128 bits, the difference is staggering. So we're behind the eight ball on that. Why? I guess they just don't care. Well, the government has a mandate to get their systems on board. But what's it going to do? Once again, it's going to make it hard or impossible to communicate with the rest of the world because... They're going to eventually be done with IPv4 while the United States is still using it as its primary standard. If you notice things like Skype, especially trying to Skype to a different country doesn't work or breaks up or drops the connection, well, that has a lot to do with it. So we're And we're also talking about a standard that was built for the modern Internet versus the IPv4 was built to a standard that everyone played nice. You didn't have hacking. You didn't have cyber attacks. Everyone was going to play nice. So 
What's up with that? Once again, the United States is slow to adopt. Space exploration? Well, we've got to hitchhike with the Russians now. They shut down the space shuttles, but they don't have anything to replace the space shuttles. And what about public safety? A lot of unsafe food additives are banned everywhere else. They're legal in the United States. GMO, genetically modified organisms, which can be another show topic. We've covered it in a show topic in the past if you want to look at the archive. Perfectly fine in the United States. Other countries are restricting or banning them. So what do you want to do? First of all, you've got to have labeling because if you don't know what you're buying, you can't make smart choices. And there's actually moves by companies like Monsanto to pay off politicians to make laws that say you can't label food as GMO or GMO-free so people can make their free choice based on what they want to buy and what their feeling is. So enough of that. Now, moving, moving on here. Before we're done here, let's take a look at this mass shooting thing. I'm not going to comment too much about it because we don't know a whole lot about it. Of course, there's lots of speculation, and Obama's already given his predicted response, well-loaded with me, 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 I, 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 everything's about him. One thing we do know, pretty much, is that this gunman was targeting Christians. And that brings up the question, is he a Muslim? Is he a jihadist? Time will tell, but I wouldn't be surprised. The other thing that needs investigation is, when it was over, when the shooter was neutralized, what do you think the police were doing? They were lining up peop everyone else like they were criminals and frisking them and searching them. And I saw a report. They said they were confiscating everyone's cell phones. Now, why can they do that? I don't think that's legal. I don't think you can take someone's cell phone unless maybe you have a subpoena that says you – or search warrant. Why are they taking the cell phones? That's going to lead to conspiracy theories like Sandy Hook – it's almost like they hope someone didn't get any video or photographs of anything incriminating that might show that this attack was something other than what it was made out to be. Well, time will tell there. I guess time to check Alex Jones' show, see what he has to say about it. They're quick to pick up on these things. Other big item coming up. New Speaker of the House must be sworn in. Boehner, actually Boner, but he changed his name to Boehner just because it sounds better, obviously. It's going to hang around for another month or so just to cause more trouble. It would be so good if he'd just pack up his bags and leave immediately, but no, he's not going to do that. And then he's going to go down to K Street and hang out with the lobbyists. So, meanwhile, 
What's he going to do? Cause trouble? McConnell, they want him out, too. McConnell's bad news. People don't like these Republicans. And they're talking about the government shutdown. I think, hell yeah, shut them all down. Essential people will still be working. And if they're not essential, why are they there anyhow? That's what I want to know. If someone's not essential, why are they working? Why why are they getting a paycheck? And finally, let's go back to the news. Two more items before we're done. You never see this in the United States, but the Register in the UK, two articles. And here's one. Climate change alarmism is a religious belief. It's official. And that's the fact. And they subhead it. Is it time for contraception yet? Is the Pope Catholic? That used to be like a sarcastic question, but now you have to ask, is this Pope Catholic? And let's look at the article. From the register. So there you have it. The climate debate is over, or is it, provided you accept the highest authority of the human race as Pope Francis. So the Pope has come up with this encyclical that says pretty much what's expected. Planet Earth is like a sister with whom we share our life and the beautiful mother who opens her arms to embrace us. All all that crap. Well, obviously he's switched from Christianity to some kind of Gaia nature thing who knows and he says we are presently witnessing a disturbing warming of the climate system in recent decades this warming has been accompanied by a constant rise in the sea level and it would appear by an increase of extreme weather events humanity is called to recognize the need for changes in lifestyle production and consumption in order to combat this warning there you go what a bunch of crap but it's take away. You can't have your cars. You can't have your air conditioning unless you're part of the elite, that is. If you're like the Pope, you can live in luxury right around in air conditioning, right around in your private jet, and then pretend to ride around in a small car. And it goes on to say that most global warming in recent decades is due to the great concentration of greenhouse gases carbon dioxide, methane, nitrogen oxides, and others released mainly as a result of human activity. Well, sorry to disappoint you, but carbon dioxide is a minuscule part of the atmosphere. Methane is primarily produced by herbivores. We had buffalo herds roaming the plains by the billions or millions for centuries until the settlers came and killed them all off to in turn try to kill off the Native Americans known as Indians. So the methane comes from animals mainly. And what were humans using for transportation before the automobile? They were using, wait for it, horses. Yeah, that's right, horses. What else did they have? So what does a horse do? It has large quantities of methane coming out of both ends and large amounts of poop coming out of the back end, which causes 
pollution of the streets. Then you have runoff that causes pollution in the waterways. So just imagine, could we survive if every car on the road were a horse instead? No, I don't think so. And the historians, way back when they were talking about this problem, as population expanded, the pollution from horses would overcome us. But technology solved it with fossil-fueled internal combustion engines, which proved to be cleaner than the animal power they replaced. And soon, electric power will eventually replace internal combustion, and it will do it, believe me, it'll happen way before it needs to happen. So don't worry. Be happy. They come up with all this crap, and you got to wonder, who is this guy working for? And another article on the register, Massive Global Cooling Process Discovered as Paris Climate Deal Looms. Could explain recent disagreements. Yes, that's right. It seems they totally missed a whole new process which creates they call volatile organic compounds in the oceans, which causes a cooling effect. So we're going to cool or we're going to bake, one or the other. But they're going to scare us and try to keep us in submission. And with that, I think we are out of time. I'm not going to go into overtime, so I'm going to call it a night. Thank you for listening to the Prime Directive Radio. We'll be back next week with another show, and hopefully by then I'll have an exciting guest. So come back next week, same time, same place. 